All right, we've got two verses this morning. The first is actually Proverbs 19, verse 11. A man's wisdom gives him patience. It is to his glory to overlook an offence. And then just back a couple of pages, Proverbs 17, verse 9. He who covers over an offence promotes love, but whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. Uh, well, good morning. Uh, it's funny, I, I made this mental note uh, that I was supposed to thank everyone for the uh, for inviting me to preach, and then I realised you didn't actually have a choice in the matter. Uh, but yeah, look, if you don't know me, uh, that's your blessing. Uh, my name's Craig Vidal, I'm a pastor of Gateway Community Church, and um, it, if you don't know me, I actually grew up in these walls. I spent 20 uh, years in this church, this was, this was my church. So if you don't like anything I say, see your elders, it's their fault. Uh, well, since um, Willerton is going through a series, on, on, uh, a series around Christian life and, and Christian relationships and, and discipleship as we relate to one another, um, I, I decided to pull out of the old archive uh, something that is not only related but maybe also increasingly applicable these days. The, the problem that we look at this morning is... The speed at which we are offended by what others think or say or do, and, and how our thin skin affects Christian relationships, ruins Christian relationships. Um, perhaps I should make clear what I mean by being offended. What I'm not talking about is, is being hurt because you've been insulted. Uh, what, what, what I mean is the emotional state of being resentful or annoyed. Uh, it seems like a, a rather powerful statement these days. Uh, the statement, I'm offended. You have offended me. What you've just done has offended me. Uh, we, we could apply this to media in recent years. You know, there's been offence over, over gender pronouns and offence over uh, Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter versus global warming. There's conversations happening all the time. We're, we're, we're a, a words world, always communicating with one another. And when we do, there is offence. I mean, it's almost like no matter what you talk about, there is one side of the issue and then another side of the, of the issue. And it seems like there's nothing uh, out of bounds anymore um, from which someone can take offence. So you used to be able to just stick to the, the two topics, global warming. I mean, sorry, um, weather and the health, but uh, now with global warming and anti-vaccinations, even those uh, conversations are out of bounds. So someone says something or does something and we do not like it. Um, Maybe they've got an ungracious assessment on your parenting. Or maybe they've got uh, something to say about your kids. Or something to say about how we do church. Or how we sing. Or your lifestyle. 
Or, or maybe they've got some, some biblical view on something that you disagree with. Like it doesn't even have to be about you or against you. Uh, maybe someone comments on whether we should get all the vaccines. Maybe someone comments on whether we shouldn't. Whether we should wear masks. Or whether we shouldn't wear masks. Or when to wear masks. You know, what, what we could do when, when we hear these things is we could just shrug it off and go on our merry way. But, but what happens instead? We wear it. It, it consumes us. You know, I mean, we might vent then and there. But, but otherwise it eats at us like poison. I mean, how could they be so stupid to say that? How could they be so dumb to think like that? And later on in the shower, we, we think of all the things that we wish we said. We, we, we just let someone walk away in ignorance, and we could have fixed it. Somebody has to do something. Or maybe someone posts something really dumb. I mean, I, I don't have Insta, Face, or Bookgram, but, but I've heard enough from those who have. Can you believe they posted that? Why are they sharing that? Now, remember, absolutely nothing has actually changed about our lives. Someone has just posted something or said something, and now something has changed in me. My, my blood pressure is higher. I'm consumed. I'm frustrated. I want closure. I'm offended. I need to vent. And venting rarely happens in a Christian way. Now, I don't know who's here. This might be your first time in a church, and you're wondering whether Christians or the Bible are wackos. But can you just see that even before we get to a God, the state of emotional turmoil is a horrible place to be? Uh, even Buddha in the 5th century BC said this, holding on to bitterness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. But, but who we listen to now, with just two verses, is the God of the Bible who aims that no one dies because someone already has died. Because Jesus has died. Uh, instead, what, what God offers the community in Christ is a peaceable life. So let's just look at two verses about blessing for both you and me when we avoid the state of offence. Okay, here's the first. A person's wisdom gives them patience. It is to their glory to overlook an offence. Uh, now, what you might know about the book of Proverbs is that often um, he makes a statement and then he backs up that statement with another statement. So he repeats the statement with a slight twist to add the meaning. Um, we might repackage this verse like this. It is gloriously and commendably wise that we be patient with offence. It is gloriously and commendably wise that we be patient in offence. I mean, think about that. We, we, actually, we actually do the opposite. Um, knowledge usually breeds impatience. Because I know and you don't, and you need to know what I know. Uh, the, the smarter we are, the more we know about something, the, the slower we are to actually accept the faults of others. We, we want them to hurry up and get to the point where, where they will know like we know. 
Uh, knowledge usually breeds impatience, but God says that's, a, that's not wisdom. Real wisdom breeds patience, especially in the face of ignorance. Uh, we, we get offended when, when we think another person has said something wrong, but real wisdom breeds patience. Uh, translated literally from the Hebrew, it says, um, it is wisdom for a man to be long of nose. Uh, it was an idiom uh, to be slow to anger. And, and in fact, this Hebrew f- phrase, what we're actually called to is exactly the same uh, character trait that God himself uses of himself in that magnificent uh, self-revelation when he, uh, remember when he puts Moses in that cleft in the rock and then he passes by, by him and, and remember what God says? He, he passes by say, saying, the Lord, the Lord, uh, merciful and gracious, long of nose, or, or slow to anger. What, what we're called to in this proverb is actually to be like God himself, to, to adopt his character. Uh, God's, God's wisdom shows up as patience. And godly wisdom will show itself as patience as well. Um, conversely then, a, a lack of patience actually implies a lack of wisdom. Are you someone easily offended? It is actually a lack of wisdom. Uh, let me give you one example of how I lacked the wisdom of patience. Uh, it was a hot December in Forestdale, and there was there's twelve or so adults uh, sitting around a table, and and then this little seven year old kid uh, decides that it would be a really good thing to walk up to us with a bazooka, and one by one, he started shooting the adults in the face with a water pistol. And, and everyone just took it, uh, ex- except for Craig, who is a black hole of wisdom and patience. Uh, getting shot in the face with a ward pistol doesn't happen in Craig's world. And so I said, look, little man, here's a promise. If you shoot me, uh, I'm going to chase you down and I'm going to rub your face in the dirt. The choice is yours. And, and he thought about it. And then he primed his bazooka with a few more pumps. And, and then he smiled. And I said, okay, you little snot. Because of that smile, I'm actually going to make sure this hurts you. You can walk away. Uh, and he smiled again. And then he shot me. And so what I did is I chased him down. And I dragged him to the chicken pen. And I rubbed his face and mouth into the chicken pen dirt. Uh, kid one. Craig, 1.5. Now, what, what did I get from that? I got intense satisfaction. It, it wasn't the right thing to do. If I could go back, I'd still do the same thing again. I like to think in a few more years I'd show a bit more restraint. But the memory still makes me happy. But, but it, was, <laughs> it was not glory. It was not the glory of the proverb. It wasn't glory of... A heavenly kind. You, you see, I, I wasn't teaching him a lesson in respect. I, I wasn't curing ignorance. I, I was teaching the kid a lesson. Uh, the, the, the kid took something from me. He took my comfort or, or my authority. And, and, and I was just getting even. I was taking it back. But, but patient, 
restraint overlooks offence. Um, patience, patience doesn't mean you won't respond. Uh, patience, patience means we'll overlook the offence, the part that the part I didn't like. You know, I mean, just say someone says something about you, or, or did something uh, to you, or, or just disagrees with you. Like, well, whatever you think, it, it, it's out of order. Um, rather than overlook the offence and let it go, what, what do we do? We, we tend to manage our offence rather than manage the truth. You, you know, we, we, we fight and we argue and, and, and it becomes personal. Uh, when we argue over dishwasher stacking, it's less about truth, justice and practicality and it's more about they should stop being stupid. Or think about at home group, whether the guy on the other couch challenges what we've said about something that we think is unbiblical. It's, I mean, it almost stops being about God's truth at that point. We, we begin to deal with a disagreement. That, that's how we deal with offence. We, we, we lose wisdom. Um, what, what happens is when this happens? What, what happens in offence? Well, so, sometimes instead of fighting back, instead we'll step back. We, we, we create distance between one another. You know, I'm not going to hurt you with words. I'm just going to keep my distance. Be- because you and I think different, we can no longer be friends. Or we're going to be further apart. Or I'm going to damage you the way I can. You can taste my cold shoulder. Um, we'll pull back. Maybe we'll talk about them behind their back. You know, whatever your retribution is, it's, it's us not overlooking offence, and that's what we're called to do. Whatever your standard weaponry is, it's not what God calls us to do. Patience in the presence of offence will mean we choose not to wield our weapons. But how, how can we do that? What, what enables such wisdom in a Christian to actually overlook offence. Because this is a hard, it's a tall order. Here, here I think is an answer. Patience in offence comes through the good news that appropriate justice is already found in Christ. Um, let's just say our offender, with his or her silly opinion, is standing in the foreground. You know, they've just done something silly and all you want to do is just wipe that smug smile off their face. They're in the foreground. In the background is an empty cross with old blood. Uh, if that cross could speak to the issue, what would it say? Maybe it'd say something like Ephesians 4 verse 32. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Here's the thing. We've been forgiven. We want to talk about offence. Who's offensive? You're offensive. You're very offensive. I am very, very offensive. Everything about me is offensive. I mean, think about the two greatest commands. Love God, love others. Who does that perfectly? Who does that well daily? Who doesn't break that daily? We, we, we betray others and we hurt others daily, many times daily. On, on face value, we are, you and I, are walking buckets of offence. And day by day, Jesus is gracious and patient. He's forgiving and loving. 
I mean, think, think how nuts it is that we're even allowed to wake up every single day, wake up another day and draw another breath. Despite all the things I said and thought and did yesterday, I'm alive today. The, the way God can overlook my offence is because he himself bore it on the cross. That's how we deal with offence. We take it. It's not a case of who's right or wrong. God was right and he paid my offence instead of me. In our, in our relationships, it might not even be a case of who's right and wrong. But we can deal with the offence. And Jesus is our model for doing just that. Um, here's something that's true. If you call yourself a Christian, then you are not permitted to not walk like Christ. There's a double negative for you. Um, we are not permitted to not be like Christ. Everything that Jesus commands us to do, he actually did perfectly himself. He's just calling us to do what he did. Love your neighbour and love your enemies. That's what Jesus did. Pray for those who persecute you. Jesus did that. He did that from the cross with nails in his hands and feet. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Don't repay evil for evil. Overcome evil with good. Covering offence promotes love. That was our second proverb. He who covers over an offence promotes love. Is it Wilson who has the, the tagline, um, love like Jesus? Is that you guys? Yep. So, he who covers an offence promotes love. When, when people say silly things, when, when their words cut us uh, and maim us, when they're rude, when they are unjust, when they are unfair, when they let us down, when they put us down, it's love that sees us not pay back wrong for wrong, just like Jesus did. Uh, we already know how, how stronger our marriages are when we don't pay back wrong for wrong. We know how much warmer our families are around the table when we, when we don't pay back wrong for wrong. And we know how much better our church family is when we overlook offence as well. If we try to balance offence, if we try to balance the scales when we're offended, all we really do is promote revenge. Maybe it's justice, but, but it's not always loving justice. It, it's a self-centred one. Now, some of us who've lived more years than we care to state might remember a time from Western movies when if someone crossed another character or offended them in some way, they would, they would take out their white glove and, and they would slap him across the face and they would say, I demand what? Anyone know? Retribution? Or satisfaction? They're, they're, they're not happy with the con- their conduct. You took my honour, I want it back. I want, I want it to be even. And so then they'd, they'd wake up the next morning and they'd stand back to back and walk ten paces and turn around and shoot each other. Well, Christians are called to something higher than retribution. Higher than satisfaction. Higher than getting back. Higher than, than evening the scores. What, what Christians are, are called to is imitate the God and Saviour Jesus who covered our offences himself. And, and by that we promote love. Here's a verse from, from Romans 5. 
God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know, God didn't wait for us to be right. Isn't that interesting? He didn't wait for us to have it all together. While we were still sinners, he made it right. That's what we're called to. So I want to get, uh, I want to get practical for a moment. Uh, I want to return to wisdom that overlooks offence. How, how can we do that? Um, okay, so we know Jesus had died for our sins. We know he's freed us from resentment and he's freed us from bitterness. And, but now someone has wronged us. Someone has really irritated us. We, we want to be offended. We want to strike back. We, we want to we stay resentful. What do we do? Here's a, here's a framework to, to help us assess the situation um, when we are offended. There's three words. Sinner, sufferer, saint. Uh, you say, I'm going, to go, I'm going to get to the bottom of this. I'm going to get to the bottom of why this happened. Um, do it in the car or the shower. It, it won't be as satisfying as winning the argument in, in the shower, but it's going to do you more good. You, you ask, in that moment, like wh- when they ticked me off, when they did that thing that, that frustrated me, when they offended me, how were they a sinner? How were they a sufferer? How were they a saint? Now, th- this could apply to all the situations, so let's just apply it to Dennis the Menace with the water pistol. How is he a sinner? That's, a, that's an easy one. I said no. You know, who shoots people in the face? That little snot deserved what was coming. He was trying to make people uncomfortable. He's a sinner. Okay, but there's more to the story. How is he a sufferer? How is, how is this person a sufferer of things that have happened to him and around him? Could, could there be external factors that directed his hands? Well, to be honest, I knew this kid. I'd known him ever since he was born, really. I, I knew his parents and his grandparents. I knew the lack of care that they had for him. I knew the lack of love. I knew the lack of discipline. His parents had no control of him. They gave him no direction. He, he hadn't been given the tools to recognise authority. He, he hadn't given, been given the tools to show kindness to people. And, and hang on, why didn't his parents stop him? After adult face number one. So, so he's not just a sufferer, he's, he's also a sinner. Uh, sorry, he's not just a sinner, he's also a sufferer. He, he's just living like he's been taught. Well, he's a sinner and a sufferer. How is he a saint? How, how is this kid a saint when he squirted me in the face with water? Well, it was Christmas, and to be honest, it was literally 40 degrees. He probably thought he was doing us a favour. And actually, I literally just got out of the pool. And he's just a kid. And he's actually not that bad most of the time, considering his upbringing. Maybe I shouldn't have rubbed his open mouth into chicken manure. Like, in most situations, you can actually apply that framework. Sinner, sufferer, saint. When people wrong us or offend us. Because when, when, pe- when we're offended, we, just, we label them with just the, just the offence. They're the offender. But often there's more to the story. Uh, a key place that we, that we need to apply the, the sinner, sufferer, saint mechanism for dealing with offences is right here in church. Because we are a smorgasbord of opinions. We're, we're, we're all sinner, sufferer, saints. 
We're all bad, damaged, and good at the same time. Someone may have, uh, have offended us, but have we actually thought through the whole picture? Our, our marriages have, have seen us suffer saints here. Our, our, our church relationships have seen us suffer saints. Our kids are sinner sufferer saints. The other person in the pew is a sinner sufferer saint. So, so in closing, what is what is a Christian attitude for today? It, it's it's godly patience, uh, being being slow to anger, and choosing love. Uh, that that will escape us from drinking the cup of bitterness. Loving like Jesus makes for better relationships and a better life, and it's wisdom to choose love instead of offence. Again, church life is, is, is close to people. It's a life close to people. So expect to be hurt. But, but also expect that following the way of love, loving like Jesus is a wiser way to live. So a closing question to ask ourselves. Is there someone who needs my forgiveness this morning? Would you pray with me? Father, we pray for the miracle that will be needed now in some of our lives, uh, that we would be more like Jesus. I thank you, Lord God, that in Jesus you've covered every single one of our offences, though we offend you day by day. We break the two rules, Lord, loving you and loving others. Instead, we offend you and we offend others, and we do this daily. Lord God, would you cause us to love you more and love others more? Would you cause us to... uh, See our Lord Jesus in the face of, a, of our offenders. Uh, would you cause us to see how much we've been forgiven? Would you cause us to uh, love you and love others in such a way that godly wisdom uh, is, is shown in us as we overlook offence? Father, again, Help us to choose love. Lord God, we might have been offended deeply in the past. And, and we carry on our shoulders uh, chips, uh, pains and burdens. Uh, maybe from something that someone uh, here said about us. How they spoke about us. How they reacted in some way. Or what they did to us. Father, we know that you did not uh, send your Son and your Spirit so that we would be crushed. Um, Lord, you, you sent your, your Son and your Spirit so that we might have life and life to the full. A part of that, Lord God, is forgiving like you forgave us and loving like you love us. Father, you can do the miracle uh, in us that would have us put hurts aside. Lord God, like you dealt with uh, our sin yourself and paid for it yourself, Lord, would you teach us uh, the way of love that would have us 
take that burden ourselves. Lord God, in, the, in, in teaching us how to forgive, would you cause us to lay aside hurts and love other people? Father, would you teach us to not be offended? Now, Lord, do you know what our relationships are like when we walk around carrying this weight? Or we become short with people? Uh, we're, not, we're not nice to be around. We're not, we're not living like Jesus lived. So would you give us your spirit, Lord, and all the fruit that comes with him? Our patience, love, joy, patience. Lord, give us peace, give us self-control. And Lord, as we love one another, uh, teach us to be faithful to one another, to see each other as worth loving. Lord God, would you help Willerton uh, to be uh, a family that overlooks offence? Because that's what you've done for us in Jesus. And that's what we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.